Hi, this is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottagecore life. Today's episode is from Request. I did put out the question about what should my next episode contain for content. And when I did that, I had already recorded a few episodes, so it took a minute for this one to be recorded and released. The results were that they wanted both, and you can hear my big floppy little dog in the background flopping his ears. Um, and you can kind of hear his collar a little bit. Hey, Bubba Joe. Okay, he's got a big yawn. All right, and there's the cat looking at him. Okay, so... Today's episode is going to be about making ink from herbs or plants. And I figured the best one to do would be a combination of my experience with both walnuts and my experience with herbs. So let's get started with that. So take out your big book of stuff and let's talk about ink. So this summer, um, really closer to fall, uh, we had a really record-breaking kind of year with the availability of walnuts in the suburban areas. Now every year I watch the different forums looking for people giving away fruits or plants that need a home or need to be rehomed. So when I saw this one gentleman that I had already seen last year giving away massive amounts of walnuts, I was like, this is the day. This is the day. And I went out there in the truck with my daughter and we hauled away about four of those giant brown contractor bags full of walnuts. And no, they were not hauled. We're talking the little green balls straight off the grass that he had raked up. And so we tooled around um, about for an hour to get there and an hour to get back. And it was quite an adventure. It was fun. We got to talk to the man. He spoke to me about the history of the house and the woman who had planted the walnut tree. Yeah, this is Michigan. This is how we get down. And um, we had a really good time. And I told him, I'm like, I'm going to see if we can make ink and show my daughter how to make ink. And of course, she was interested at first, and then later on in the process, she kind of was like, you know, I'm 17, it's time to be a teenager, good day. So I was very much on my own for that part of it. So the next portion, of course, after bringing the walnuts home, was to get them ready for processing. So at this point, I've got all of these walnuts. They've been sitting in the truck. They do have a very specific aroma, (laughs) for for lack of anything else to say. And they have a lot of tannin. And I didn't want them to be in there so long uh, because it was hot that they began to like kind of leak a little bit from the ones that were a little crushed because tannins will dye the material of the truck. 
And whereas we do just use it mostly for utility purposes, we don't want to ruin it just in case we want to resell it to someone else who might not want uh, a bag of walnut-shaped stain in the bottom of their interior of their vehicle. So I had to get those out. So we hauled those out, got them all arrayed around the front of my home, and I set up a little processing station. Now this station consisted of a garbage can, an, a turned over garbage can, a few pairs of latex gloves, a, a few bowls, and lots of water. And what I had to do, I basically spent, with a screwdriver and a hammer, a lot of time prying apart and skinning for all intents and purposes while I was hulling these walnuts. Now some of them were nice and dry and some of them were really not so dry and I'm gonna tell you this process is kinda gross so if you're a tactile person that doesn't like uh, slimy kinds of feels this might not be for you because there's a lot of slime uh, when it comes to some of the ones that are a little bit further along their journey of ripeness that that's all I'm gonna say about that so I'm, I'm taking the green off and here's the thing you want to save the holes because it's the holes that have the most tannin for what you're using this particular ink making process for and I'm talking about black walnuts I want to be clear what kind of walnuts we're discussing so after going through all of these bags of walnuts I would not be truthful if I didn't tell you about the great walnut caper of 2019. So let me tell you about that first. So the great walnut caper of 2019 was the first time I went and retrieved walnuts. And it does relate to this time because we live in an area where there is a park at the end of the road, about a half mile, well, a quarter mile down. And in that park is a proliferation of squirrels. You can see where this is going, right? You can see where this is going. I think you know where it's about to go. Okay, that's a little, little bitty tribute to somebody that if you know the song, you'll get a kick out of it. And if you don't, don't worry about it. So, all right, so, when I was doing it in 2019, I made the mistake of listening to my husband, who is a bit of a trickster. He thought it was funny. He, I'm like, well, where do I put all these walnuts? Because I have a huge bag. He said, oh, just put them in the garden. So me, not knowing any better, I just put these giant contractor bags, of course, with his help, I'm not lifting them, in the garden to wait till the next day so I can process them, them for ink. And it rained. And when I mean it rained, it rained for days. Which, okay, I'll give it a couple of days for everything to kind of dry out before I go back there is what I'm thinking at the end of the week. But what I didn't notice was there was a hole in the bottom of the bag that I couldn't see from the front of the garden. You see, when I finally got to the bag, all I saw were little bitty footprints in the mud of little squirrel activity and empty bags. Hello, kitty. Yes, yes, Fluffy. Yes, okay. The cat wanted to say hello. All right, so I wound up looking at the empty 
remains of walnut contractor bags and no walnuts. Oh, I take it back. There were like two. And the squirrels were so happy and I couldn't, I didn't even know why the squirrels had been hanging out around my house so much. And my husband would laugh every time they ran around and I didn't get the joke. He knew what was happening the entire time. He just thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. He really didn't want to deal with the whole thing of me making ink that year anyway. So he was like, yeah, (laughs) this is going to be fun. Yes, Fluffy. So, yeah, here, here, little kid, here, little kitty. All right, take that and go on. So I wind up with contractor bags of walnuts that have no walnuts. And that was the great walnuts squirrel theft caper of 2019. So let's come to 2020. In 2020, the same squirrels and their descendants were hanging all around my walnut processing station. And because of that, it was a bit difficult to not play four for me, one for you, five for me, two for you while doing this as they were very emboldened and would take walnuts from my bags while I was processing them. And you know what? I didn't begrudge them some because guess what? That's what they're there for. So we are stewards after all of the earth and of her creatures, and the four-leggeds deserve just as much access as the two-leggeds. So that's how my processing went. So let's go to the next step. Because we like to make sure we give everyone credit where credit is due, I would like to take this time to let you know and remind you that the music today was supplied by Kevin McLeod. The name of the selection is T-Roots. You can find this on Incompetech with Creative Commons 4.0 for attribution. Now back to the show. Now once everything was cleaned up and my hands were completely covered in icky tannin, uh, the gloves were, but of course I tore the gloves and of course my fingers were perpetually stained, almost as if I had been playing in turmeric, but a little bit darker. Um, then came the process of soaking them. This is where you need the water. I put the walnuts and their hulls into buckets and containers and fill them with water so that the tannins could leach out. And I let them sit. Now, normally they tell you, oh, just boil them right away. No, no, no. I let them sit and let the rain also wash into there for about a week. So it was nice and strong. And then I boil them and then I boil them. I boil them over the course of like, I want to say almost 12 to 15 hours because it was off and on because I had to go out and come back. And even then I added more water and boil them down again until I reduced them way down. After that, strained them, more boiling. Let me tell you, I still haven't gotten the pot all the way clean. And that's fine because my intent is to use that same pot next year for more walnuts so that is now my walnut steel pot so there's that but I have been told that barkeeper's friend would remove the stain but you know what I'm just gonna keep that pot just for that because it's wrecked I promise you it's absolutely wrecked so once it was strained uh, on there was nothing but liquid left I boiled it down again for hours and you can look it up on YouTube 
uh, to find out how this process goes. Now, one thing I didn't do that they do recommend to do is to use alum. I did not use alum. I just used vinegar, whole cloves, and some gum arabic to blend into my reduced liquid. For correct proportions, I should have used all kinds of measuring apparatuses, but I didn't. I just I just like, okay, here's a bowl of here's a bowl of my concoction. Let me put in a couple of tablespoons of gum arabic and maybe a cup about a handful of whole cloves and let's just stir this sucker down and just let it reduce. And that's what I did. And then I let it set and I let it set for a couple of days. And I added vinegar and I, to be specific, I added white vinegar and then I let it set for some more days and it got nice and thick and reduced. I heated it up a little bit. I probably shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway. And then I let it reduce some more and then I let it sit for a while and then I bottled it with the cloves inside. So the question is, how did, how well did it write? Well, let's talk about that. So when I got ready to write with it, it gave a really rich flavor of color. It was really warm, a good tone, and it worked just fine. However, because I didn't measure the gum arabic and I didn't have it as hot as possible when I added the gum arabic, it wasn't as smooth as it probably should have been. So the next time I do it, I think I'm going to add the alum, which is supposed to be good. I'm going to not use hold cloves because that messes with the texture. I'm going to measure, which is going to be a little better, and I'm going to add my gum arabic when everything is super hot instead of waiting till the end so everything dissolves evenly. But overall, I think it came out very, very well. Uh, I should have added essence of, you know, thyme essential oil to it to help preserve it. But again, you know, I used what I had and clove, whole cloves are a substitute for that. So that is something that was to fight mold. And I haven't had mold, um, but we will see how long this ink actually keeps. So that is my result with the walnut. Now with herbs, yes, I have made herb ink. That's pretty easy um, for a temporary ink. You simply boil the herbs down, like a, just a little bit, like a half part of water to just enough to where it covers the herbs, like flower petals or leaves. Simmer it for about two hours until all the colors leached out. Uh, strain out the herbs, add alum or salt and vinegar. You can find these kind of proportions on YouTube if you want. And then bottle it with either uh, thyme essential oil or a tiny bit of, you know, the cloves, the whole cloves. Personally, I like Everclear, that's on you. Um, but And it works just fine. And I will be making some calendula ink um, some calendula ink very soon, but I don't want to do that till it's a little bit warmer out so I can have it evaporate naturally because I'm looking at experimenting with making my own watercolor paint and pigment this year. So I will let you know how that goes. So that was the episode on making inks um, and my experience. And I was able to give some of this ink away. So if the person who I gave the ink to is listening to this episode, then drop me a line on how well your uh, small bottle is, is faring since I gave it to you this winter. And um, what else?
what else is we've come to the end of our episode um, about making inks. And I know I didn't spend as much time on the herb portion as I did on the walnuts, but the walnuts took so long. And I know that usually when you see online or on books, people talking about making walnut-based ink, they're using walnut galls. And those galls come from the tree trying to protect itself against wasps or a virus. But the thing is, I didn't have those, so I use walnuts themselves and their hulls. And again, it's something easier to find. I'm not climbing a tree. I'm not climbing anybody's tree when I can wait every year for those listings online where people are giving away walnuts. And you know the best part? The walnuts that I didn't use, I got to keep. And what did I do with them? I washed them up and kept them and dried them. And that way I had fresh black walnuts. There you go. So that means I had walnuts. (laughs) That's a bonus. But really, they don't quite taste the same. I'm not going to lie to you. They have a different taste. I cannot describe it. You have to taste it yourself. So I hope this episode was fun with you. Um, I had a good time talking with you, and I love talking to my friends, and we're friends, right? So um, I hope to you know, have you come back next time on my Magical Cottage Core Life. And since we did inks, to be fair, the next one will be how to make jams from herbs. All right, I'll see you then. <laughs>